0: What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, college football and NFL Draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller, lead draft writer at BR. Joining me every Friday morning, my homeboy, Mello. I am in L.A. right now, Mello. It's rainy. It's cold. It feels just like I'm back home in Missouri with you. But I'm out here for NFLPA practices, uh, trying to, to evaluate some of these maybe day three prospects. And you are you're holding it down job, Joplin, I hope. I am, man. We just have people all over the country right now. Nay, We have people all over the world for stick to football right now. Jesse is over in Europe. Uh, We got Connor holding down the Northeast, uh, TR holding down the Southeast. I'm in the Midwest. You're out on the West Coast. So we're just everywhere right now. Worldwide, it's uh, prestige worldwide is what stick to football is rebranded as Uh, the good news is I will be flying home to you and our buddy Austin very soon, and then we will all be headed to Mobile, Alabama for the 2019 Reese's Senior Bowl, and you guys are going to get tired of hearing me say it, but I'm going to keep plugging it Monday night and Wednesday night Senior Bowl week. Come to Mobile, Alabama. We're going to be at draft picks tap room right there on Dolphin Street doing the show. Talking NFL draft, drinking beer, handing out free merch. It's it's just it's going to be like the tailgate tour takes over mobile, but we're going to do it for two nights instead of one day. Yeah, It's like the tailgate tour very much. So no football game, but we will also be inside. So you have the bar. If you came out to the Ohio State tailgate, you know that the the elements were not in our favor that day. Uh, you won't have to worry about that at draft picks. They even have a bathroom inside their bar, so you won't have to use the porta potty situation that we have been for the rest of the tailgate tour. Yeah, and also like they have a kick-ass cornhole set up outside. They have a restaurant now. It's like three bars into one, owned by major league baseball player Jake Peavy. So a lot of cool, fun facts, but definitely come out. We want to meet you guys. We want to get you on the show. It's gonna be a blast. So the whole crew will be there. TR, Connor, myself, Mello the whole gang. So definitely come out for that. Uh, This show today, Mello is going to be a fun one. We're going to run through all the news and notes. We're going to do our top five players who have transferred because that is all the news right now. We're going to do a player spotlight and get into some insider buzz as draft season really kicks off and do some draft on draft questions. But tonight's show, I feel like is really your show because (laughs) you have become the king of the transfer portal. (laughs) Enter the transfer portal. Have you seen this thing going around on Twitter? I got asked this on radio the other day. Your transfer portal name—you know—they always get like your. Hey, here's yes, your porn star yeah. name, your soap opera name. It's the the first car you had and the river closest to you. I'm assuming ours will be somewhat similar, being brothers and all. But I'm gonna put you on the spot. And I, do you remember your first car and what your transfer portal name would be? Mm-hmm. My first car was like this little. Chevy S10. So I do I go with my first name would be Chevy. Yeah, yeah. I guess so yeah, so, yeah I'm Chevy. Chevy Mississippi. Yeah, uh so I went with Oldsmobile Missouri cuz <laughs> I had like a little like 1987 Cutlass uh, and I, I don't, is the Mississippi closer to us or the Missouri? I don't know. I think it kind of gets tricky somewhere. There. It, it You're it's probably right. Missouri. <laughs> yeah. We'll Shut switch it Missouri. up. That's also a porn star name. <laughs> it's a really good one. Uh, but I, I think the big question as we, we are going to talk a lot about the transfer portal and guys moving because you know, we've said before, like, oh, there's no free agency in college. Guys sign a letter of intent as a senior in high school, sometimes a junior. And they don't get to make a decision if they get to the NFL. They don't make a decision until you're five, six, seven into their pro contract. That's changing. Guys are making decisions, whether it's Jalen Hurts, whether it's Shane Bushell, Tate Martell, guys all over the place are transferring. And I see you having here like a big note of this is what does this do to recruiting? If you're Georgia, where you recruited successfully three years in a row, a four or five star quarterback, you only got one of those guys left right now in Jake Fromm. How does that affect the way that you go into like uh, our Texas Longhorns? Sam Ellinger emerges the starter. Shane Bichelle's leaving. Uh, you've got uh, uh one of the freshmen is leaving as well. So it's how do you now build a depth chart and have competition be when guys can just transfer if they don't win the starting job? It, it is it's it's shaking up the whole whole atmosphere of college football right now, because a lot of these guys, they changed it a few years ago and they had the early signing period where guys are signing their letter of intent officially to go play ball in December. Now it's January and we have so much roster shakeup going on. I actually feel bad. I think we need to go back to like the late signing period uh, because you look at OU, obviously I'm not an OU supporter, But they have a five-star quarterback, Spencer Rattler, like the quarterback in this class. Uh, But you just got Jalen Hurts. After Lincoln Riley comes out and he tells him, I'm not recruiting any transfer quarterbacks. Like You're the guy for next year until Jalen Hurts comes knocking on his door and he changes his mind there. So I I think it is going to shake things up quite a bit. I don't know that these top recruits, especially at the quarterback position, are going to be a part of that early signing period anymore. I think it's just too risky. You don't know who is going to leave. It's in this year. Everybody's taking advantage of the transfer rule. I love it. You can definitely tell that you were busy this week and you gave me the full reins on this show. It's like all transfer <laughs> yeah. portals and guys. I wouldn't talk about me. Like, that's it. That's okay. Yeah. This is the, the mellow Esquire stick to football, uh PG 13 style. Let's jump into some of the transfers, because like you said, I mean, it not only does it affect guys like Spencer Rattler and I saw the best headline this this week, it was Spencer Rattler not rattled by <laughs> Jalen Hurts transfer. It's like some editor just like was patting himself on the back this week, like, oh, my God. Because I love a good pun. so Oh, who uh, doesn't? A little, little dad joke here and there. <laughs> right, exactly. Got a dad bod, got some dad jokes. Jalen Hurts, though, is probably the big one. You have Oklahoma with back-to-back Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And I, I think like the one thing that stands out to me, and like you said, we are Texas fans through and through, like real Texas fans that I don't like to drive through Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts is not known as a thrower. You know, he, when, when he took Bama uh, to a national championship game, it was a lot of with his legs. And obviously Tua came in and, and kind of saved the season there. But Hurts was known for his legs. If everyone will remember, like rewind three years to Kyler Murray at Texas A&M, the dude could not throw. Yeah. He, he was not a, a thrower. Lincoln Riley worked some kind of voodoo magic on him and turned him into one of the most accurate pastors in college football. I'm terrified slash excited to see what happens with Jalen hurts. It is. It's going to be very intriguing. I, you said that Jalen hurts is not a thrower. It reminded me of like Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby is not a thinker. Ricky Bobby is a doer. <laughs> well, Jalen hurts is not a thrower, but he definitely is a doer. and, and I know that he got replaced at quarterback because they had a godsend from Hawaii come in and take over that job. But Jalen Hurts was—he was the freshman All ACC Player of the Year, as a freshman All SEC Player of the Year. He is a very good quarterback. I know that people have poked fun at, oh, he can't throw the ball. The dude posted a 150 quarterback rating his sophomore year, the year he lost his job. I think that he is going to be able to throw the football. And Lincoln Riley is going to fix any problems that he has. I'm not going to be eating crow again like I did on Kyler Murray. <laughs> I think Get that Jalen <laughs> Hurts is going to be scary in that Oklahoma offense. As much as it sucks to say, I really think that he's going to have some success there. I, I think he gets labeled as that uh, fullback that can throw, kind of like our boy Sam Ellinger. But I don't I don't think that's the case. And I think that Lincoln Riley can fix these guys just Every year he comes with a new Heisman winner, a new transfer. They we label a lot of these schools as like oh DBU is you know Texas, Ohio State, whatever. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> they're transfer you. Like we've got hard okay. knock you, you go east Mississippi, whatever. OU is transfer university right now. And they're just they're getting the big names and they're churning out talent right there. They really are. And and he also Comes in Jalen Hurts does with some talent, you know. I mean, you got Trey Sermon in the backfield. C.D. Lamb returns at wide receiver. The D, the offensive line does lose Cody Ford, but they're going to be young up front. The defense is rock solid with Kenneth Murray at middle linebacker. Like they're going to be okay. They're going to be a team that you have to to really uh can you know like factor into the Big Twelve running next year. You you can't ever count OU out of this as long as Lincoln Riley's the head coach. But OU also lost a quarterback, Austin Kendall. Uh, was he a guy a lot of people thought was going to contend for a starting job a year ago? I mean, he's, we talked about him a lot. I actually thought that he might win that job over Kyler Murray just because he's 5'9", 170, but he didn't. So, yeah, Kendall does win that job. It was looking like for a long time, not a long time, a couple days, a few hours, uh, that he was going to be blocked from West Virginia. Uh, that did change. The OU finally kind of wisened up and they said, we're not going to do this old school football anymore. If a guy wants to transfer, if we bring in somebody to take his job, we're going to go let him play. So they blocked him and then unblocked him. It's like some Twitter feud, but it's the transfer portal. They are going to let Austin Kendall go ahead and play ball at West Virginia. I, I commend them for their move. They almost fucked it up, but they fixed it and they're going to let him play immediately. He probably threatened to call Tom Mars, you know, like if if, Tom Mars for people that like don't live in this world is like the Scott Boris or Jimmy Sexton of the transfer portal. Like if you are a transferring quarterback, like Justin Fields, if you're a transferring quarterback and you want to play right away, you call Tom Mars and he gets shit done. I mean, it's, it's unreal, but it will be like for Austin Kendall to go from Oklahoma to West Virginia. Like that's a conference rival. I think this is actually big news, the fact that they are allowing him to go to transfer uh, to someone that you could likely see in a Big 12 championship game. So I think that in itself is pretty big news that, that you are going to let a guy like that walk and and I would imagine have a chance to start at West Virginia. Right. I mean, they're obviously they're going to lose Will Greer this year. There's some coaching turnover there. And Austin Kindle, he's a good prospect. He's got a pretty solid arm. I think he's going to fit with that system there. Uh, So good for OU to kind of turn over the new leaf. I I hate the fact that schools can even block a guy. It it shouldn't be that way. Well, it's kind of bullshit, too, that like you're going to bring in a transfer and then block a transfer. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you're bringing in a transfer, you for sure cannot block somebody else from going to another school. Just give them the opportunity to play. I don't care where it is. So West Virginia, obviously Big 12. Who cares? Let these kids go play ball. I'm a big fan of just let them go play ball. You mentioned uh, they have some coaching turnover at West Virginia. Rumor has it that uh, the old coach, Dana Holgerson, is going to be chilling with the stick to football boys in Mobile for an interview next week. So uh, if, if he can you, take you, it, you heard it here first. If he could take it, uh, I'm going to call him Big Earn, like in the interview oh, and just God. see what happens. Like, <laughs> he's probably going to strangle me. Uh, one of the biggest names in the transfer portal. And we, you and I had heard about a week ago, hey, Martell likes Miami. Well, Tate Martell ends up at Miami, and this is a player who was the prize of Ohio State not that long ago, competed uh, with Dwayne Haskins, and I, I would put competed in air quotes because some people will tell you it wasn't a competition. They they knew who the job was going to. So Tate Martell goes to Miami, um, a kid who's he's from Las Vegas, I believe. So not a lot of roots there, but it, it seemed like Manny Diaz and the coaches at at the university of Miami were hell bent on getting a transfer quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts was rumored to be uh, looking at the at landing there, but they get a a fiery, you know, a little five ten dude with a headband, which will remind you of a former Texas tech quarterback who ended up at Oklahoma, <laughs> but they get Tate Martell. And it, it does sound like he's going to try to get the waiver, the hardship waiver to play right away. It does seem that way. And it, Miami did a great job of, uh, going to his former high school teammates and I think recruiting him down there. So he's going to re-team up with two of those guys there. That always helps. And I I do like that fit for Tate Martell with Manny Diaz and what he's going to do down there in Miami. He just, he seems like a Miami guy. Like the old, the you, he fits right in with that. Like the cocky persona. He's, he's going to do very well with the Miami crowd and the fan base. On the field, uh, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of him. We haven't seen him play very much. He was limited on the field. He's only thrown 28 passing attempts during his time in Ohio State. So I don't know what's going to go on there, how well he'll play. But I I do like him as a fit in Miami with the university, trying to bring it back. I I do kind of question some of that on the field stuff, though. But we'll, we'll see. He was a very highly recruited quarterback. So hopefully it does all work out just perfectly for him. Yeah. And they have the university of Miami, like they're trying to bring the swagger back because not only do they get Tate Martell, they bring in KJ Osborne, a receiver from Buffalo. And uh, like the, and Jeff Thomas, right? Jeff Thomas is going to be at Miami next year, unless something changed while I was doing NFL PA bowl business I today. Think so but, yeah. Yeah. So he's got some dudes to throw to out there as well. So uh, the university of Miami is, is all about that swagger. More transfer news. My God, there's so much of it. We could. There's This whole show is just the transfer show. This whole week, it's like everybody finally just decided like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put my name in the portal too. Yep. Brandon Wimbush going from Notre Dame down to UCF, going to try to bring back the the power of the national champions. And I actually really like the fit here. Uh, the, the type of offense that they run at UCF, I think uh, with Josh Heupel there, Brand, Brandon Wimbush is not a great thrower. We saw it in Notre Dame. Eventually got replaced by Ian Book, but I do think that that offense fits what he does. Yeah, I don't really understand like the Notre Dame offense and like what is its personality? Is it like a smash mouth? I don't know, but I think a guy like Brandon Wimbush, who we've talked about uh, in years past, I think he is a good fit for that spread offense that utilizes an athletic quarterback. I think he's going to be able to get himself in space, make some completions, done some screens and things like that, and it's going to look a lot better. At UCF than it did at Notre Dame. Even if the talent is different, uh, whatever argument you want to make there, I'm not even going to get into it because I don't want hate from UCF fans. <laughs> right. But he's he's going to do very well there. And to see a guy like Mackenzie Milton already coming out and supporting him, and I, I know he put in like his Instagram post like Let's go win them all or something like that. So good on you, sir. Yeah, maybe actually play someone this year. You know, like, that's what I'll say. Like, (laughs) I know the schedules are set years in advance, but maybe go play somebody. Uh, Texas is losing two quarterbacks. Shane Michelle is gone. Cameron Rising is gone. Uh, It sounds like Michelle, who uh, was a a co-starter for a, a little bit of time during the 2017 season, uh, is someone he's probably going to SMU. Uh, Cameron rising uh, gets out of there as well. So yeah, and it, uh, it, it broke tonight. He's going to Utah, which I, I mean, he's a true freshman ooh, transfer. Yeah. So uh, he's going to have to sit out There's You know, let's go back to Tate Martell because I didn't, we didn't bring this up. Uh, he is rumored to graduate already. I don't see how this is happening, uh, but I do think he's going to get that hardship waiver. I tweeted about it the other day and people are like, Oh, how's he going to get the hardship? Well, guys, like, it's not that hard to get the hardship waiver. We saw Shea Patterson do it, and the reasoning for it was that his coach lied to him about sanctions that were going to come down during recruiting, and they were like, yeah, get the hell out of here. Uh, Tate Martell, I think his coaches maybe did a little bit worse. Zach a Smith bit worse. <laughs> was at Ohio State when Tate Martell was. I think he can go ahead and use that excuse of, well, I didn't know that my coach was going to be arrested for... Spousal abuse. So, I'm going to go ahead and get the fuck out of Ohio State and go down to Miami. So, I do think that he gets the transfer uh, hardship, even if he doesn't go as a grad transfer. I think he will. But back to Shane Bouchel, our boy, he is going to get the grad transfer, which is great. But he also gets two years of eligibility because yeah. the great University of Texas treated this boy right. They didn't play him when he didn't need to, a la Jalen Hurts at Alabama. They saved him, so he actually played a little bit last year, but he's going to go ahead and get that red shirt. He gets two more years of eligibility now, which is great for him. I really honestly just wish the best, best for him. Uh, it does sound like he's maybe going to SMU, and I hope that he just balls out wherever he goes because I know he's not going to Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, Shane Buchel is someone I've, I've talked to for years. I, I think actually since he was in high school, because I knew he was a Texas commit, just, you know, I, I think I reached out at that time and said, you know, Hey, uh, can't wait to see you in, in Austin, wishing you the best, you know, like, kind of thing. And I, I think the same thing stands now. Like I want to see him succeed and and there is some talent there he's very accurate he doesn't have the strongest arm he's not the biggest kid but there's a lot of accuracy there and he can get on the field for SMU right away i i mean he's the starting quarterback there in my opinion and and is someone that can I and mean, we've seen we've even seen him run around a little bit and make some plays so he right. will be i think like an interesting starting candidate for them uh so he's expected to go James Blackman at Florida State is probably the last name that a lot of people will know or remember and Florida state, it just, it feels like they have been on uneven ground for a long time now. And James Blackman leaving the program, I I think is one. uh, It's just another name of like, what went wrong for them? Like, why did this not work out at Florida state? Because, uh, you know, uh, as a quarterback prospect, he's was highly, highly regarded coming out of high school uh, was, I think he had offers at West Virginia and Louisville at the time so those would be some names to keep an eye on but he's 21 years old 65 very good athlete i mean he's he's real thin i mean he's he is, one of the yeah. skinniest like he makes lamar jackson look thick Google, he is Google tiny. this yeah. guy he has like the smallest arms i've ever seen for a quarterback but you're right he is he's a good athlete and maybe i was too soon to label oklahoma transfer you because these Florida state <laughs> quarterbacks, it's like, who's actually going to stay here for four years. I can't believe Deandre Francois did Like it, all of them end up transferring the whole, like stick. Uh, what is the name of the show? Hard, <laughs> hard knock you. Okay. Oh yeah. All of them have been Florida state quarterbacks. Like yeah. every single one, their whole pitch is built on these transfer guys. It's all been them. Florida State oh, last and chance. You last That's, chance. there you. It is. Yes. There. yes. <laughs> Finally. Last chance. You built their whole like budget, yep. everything pitch on. Hey, there are some shitty quarterbacks at Florida State. They're pretty good <laughs> athletes, but they're shitty people. Let's go ahead and bring them to this juco. And then we'll make a show ahead. out of it with a, a like loud, crazy head coach. Uh, yeah. <sighs> It was a good show, though. Yeah. Guilty pleasure. I'm eager to see if uh, James Blackman and where he ends up. I, I don't know that his name's quite as big as some of the other ones that we have. Maybe even like a Florida Atlantic. Go down there with Lane Kiffin and enjoy your time while you're still in Florida. Now leading the transfer portal. It's top five time. We actually had a tweet this week. Like, hey, what happened to top fives? We're still doing top fives. We've just been a little busy. That's what I thought we did one last week. I think we've been doing like variations of them. Yeah, last week we did the stickies, so we didn't really get one. I've just been on the road so much that it feels like I don't even know where I am. Like, I I was in New York for a while. I'm in L.A. now. We go to Mobile. Then I go to Atlanta. It's a lot. So we're not going to do my top five airport complaints, even though we could. (laughs) We definitely could. We're not going to do top five senior bowl tips because... Uh, you just tweet me and I'll give you all those, but we're going to top five transfer players. This is the transfer transfer portal show. Why is that hard for me to say? Uh, well, I couldn't so, think of freaking the Netflix show. Uh, so. Last chance you. Yeah, it's yeah. still hard. Uh, you. Normally you and I are sitting in there together, cracking natty lights, and we have a, we have three quarters that we rotate to flip to see who goes first on the, uh, the, the draft of our top five. I have a penny. Let's do so it. So if you want to flip a quarter, you want to flip a penny? No, let's, let's, see if I can let's catch mix a, it up. <laughs> let's see if I can catch a penny in this dark hotel room. I can't even put it on my big fat thumb. All right, here we go. And it was tails. So I'm you sure, just have to right. take me to yep, my work for it. Instagram yeah. lived <laughs> it. <laughs> it. Uh, so I get to go first. And we're picking our – the transfers that we think will have the most success in, in 2019 was how I did this list. I'm going to go with Justin Fields at Ohio State. Uh, uh, you talk you about, yeah, yeah, uh, duh. Uh, you, you talk about hardship. He's supposed to get one uh, again. He hired Tom Mars. He's probably going to get on the field. So I like Justin Fields. It's a wide open spot for him there. They have talent coming back at receiver at running back. Uh, Ohio State should be one of the top five or six teams in the nation next year yeah and I think Justin Fields will become a household name pretty damn quick yeah I I totally agree with you he would have been the unanimous first pick um, just the fit there is so great for an athletic quarterback and with a strong arm like him and then you pair him with some of the other skill position guys at Ohio State like you could probably pencil them in I'm not going to say playoff but I will say like for the big playoffs <laughs> for the big 10 championship game Uh, Ohio State fans, you can go ahead and buy your tickets. I think you're safe there. I'm going to go next here. Uh, I don't want to do it because I don't like to take OU quarterbacks, but I already talked him up enough. So I do think you have to go with Jalen Hurts here. Uh, The guy's already played in like two national championship games. I've already talked about how he was all SEC player. I really think that Lincoln Riley is going to get his hands on this guy, whether it's this spring or over the summer And he's going to turn him into a very good passing quarterback. And we we've already seen what he can do with his feet. So get him in space around some of those guys at OU. I really think that he's going to be a tough matchup. And this is coming from a Texas Longhorns fan. Like I'm just it makes me nervous what Lincoln (laughs) Riley is going to be able to do with Jalen Hurts. I I said that on Instagram. It's the people were like. How can you like say that? Like being a Texas fan, how can you have something good to say about Jalen Hurts? Like, Hey, it's not easy, but sometimes you got to like put shit aside and do your job. And that's, <laughs> right? that's what I did. So it's, it's not fun, but th- this is what I believe. Uh, let second pick for me. And I'm just going to warn everyone. This is going to be a quarterback heavy list because most of the players that we see transfer are quarterbacks. It's just the nature of that business. And I'm going to go with one that I'm hoping Mello forgot about, I'm going to sneak Jacob Eason from oh, Washington into one. this list, right? Because he technically transferred a year ago, but he had to sit out a year. So we're going to get to see Jacob Eason as the starting quarterback at Washington. And I've been down here watching Jake Bentley at the NFL PA practices. And let me tell you, they can only go up with, with Jacob <laughs> Eason in their quarterback because Jake Bentley is he's not having a great week. So I'm going to sneak this one in. I, I honestly believe I remember watching him at Georgia as a true freshman and thinking, like, this guy's gonna be a first round pick as soon as he's draft eligible. Then he got hurt. Jake Fromm comes in, takes the job, becomes the fucking man. And we kind of forgot about Jacob Easton a little bit, but man, Chris Peterson and the Washington Huskies are are gonna be a, a pretty damn good team this year. And I think Eason is a big part of the reason. They have to replace a lot. They're losing Drew Sample, losing Miles Gaskin. But, I mean, it's Washington, and it's Chris Peterson. They're going to be just fine. Yeah, they'll get some guys up there. That is a very sneaky good pick. He might have been even in the running for my number two spot there if I would have thought about it. But you're right. Like We were very hyping this guy up as a freshman and even going into his sophomore year right before he got hurt. And then he lost his job uh, due to injury, not because poor performance. He got injured, and then Jake Fromm comes in and just – plays his heart out, takes his team to a national championship. So you can't hate him on that. And it's hard to replace a guy like that. So very good pick. I'm left. Uh, number four, overall, I am going to take Tathan Martell because we did find out <laughs> his real name via the, I love it. the very precious, transfer portal. Uh, I I just, I want to see this guy get on the field. He's been a big time prospect. Uh, He was, I would say famous as even a high school prospect. So going to Miami, they were a very good football team last year. I really thought they would have a more successful season than they did. Uh, But there's talent around that team. And if they can get a guy in there that can play quarterback like Tate Martell, I I think he's going to do very well. I don't know if he's going to have to compete against uh, Nikosi Perry, but Maybe we see Mar- Martel Martell get on the field this year. I really hope he does. And if he does, I-, I think he can play well enough to earn my number four pick right here. We just like Tate because we're all the same height. Like, I think that's a big part of it. It's like, and he looks like Connor. Like if Connor were three inches taller and played quarterback, he would be Tate Martell. But like the kid was a, a USA Today offensive player of the year, Gatorade football player of the year. He was a high school All-American twice. Like, yeah, he was incredibly talented uh, and we thought he was going to go to Washington, 14 years old. He commits to Steve Sarkeesian at Washington. Uh, later, he, he decommitted and, and reopened everything up. But uh, just a fantastic quarterback. You're right. He became famous. Uh, he and Jake Fromm, really, because of that Netflix series, QB1. And right. if anyone, like if you haven't watched that, it would kind of be interesting to go back now and, and watch it a few years later to see what has changed. But it, it gives you a peek behind the curtain. I like Tate Martell. I know he's he's polarizing maybe is the right word, but I think he is going to have success at Miami. Next up for me, I'm just, I'm keeping it close to home with this one. I'm going Kelly Bryant to Missouri. I I, I think because he was like one of the early, he might've been the first, honestly, like big name to kind of transfer this year. I I like his play. I know that we've talked before about, here's a dude that Clemson knew what they had in Trevor Lawrence because, well, they're not blind. So they knew what they had. And Mello broke this news and he wasn't supposed to, but he did. So it's out there that they asked Kelly Bryant to move to wide receiver, maybe play like a little uh, kind of almost like an H back. He said no and decided to withdraw from school and put himself into the transfer portal. He goes to Mizzou where he'll be a grad transfer can play right away. I don't think Kelly Bryant is necessarily an NFL prospect as a quarterback, but in Mizzou's scheme offensively, he should at least be able to have college success. They need him with Drew Locke being a senior going to the NFL. They're going to lose Demaria Crockett, the running back. They lose Emmanuel Hall, their receiver. The yeah. good news is they bring back Albert O., oh, exactly. their very athletic yeah, tight end. So, that's he's probably exactly their best offensive player. was kind of banged up this year, so he and Kelly Bryant should become best friends, and they, they can get that Mizzou offense rocking and rolling. I think so, too, and I think we kind of hate on him. I mean, he got replaced by probably the best quarterback in the world outside of Tom Brady, so uh, no hate there. I think Kelly Bryant can definitely find some success. Um, he's played against some very good ACC defenses, so I think he's going to fit in right there in the SEC. And, the, and Mizzou also grabbed another quarterback who was pretty amazing here. They got tcu's quarterback sean robinson that is not my pick but it is pretty impressive that they can pull two transfer guys in the same i guess you'd call it the off season now for us but sean robinson will sit out he was pretty impressive uh, during his time at tcu so that's a good get for missouri to be able to bring in two guys like that Uh, i'm up next i want to go off the rails here i was digging deep For guys that didn't play quarterback that are transferring this year, Uh, a (laughs) a lot of them aren't the splash names, but I think one big name that I do want to talk about is Aubrey Solomon. Uh, He was a great defensive lineman for Michigan, and he is transferring to Tennessee, which is a big upset. A lot of the Michigan fans were not happy with him uh, that he was leaving. This is a five-star recruit, uh, kind of struggled to see the field. Maybe they weren't using him the way that he wanted to, but he went ahead and put his name in the portal, He's going to go to Tennessee. I know he's a Georgia guy, so maybe just getting a little closer to home. But he he's a very good interior lineman, 6'3", 6'4", 290. Uh, get him on the field. I think he's a guy that we can be talking about as a draft prospect. I, I do think he's a very good player. He's going to go join a lot of those other very talented Tennessee guys. And I know Michigan fans are pissed off, but he's a good player, and you guys lost him, so he's going to be my number three guy. Yeah, I like it. And I had his name next on my list, actually. So congratulations on stealing Aubrey Solomon. I'm like, you Melo. I looked at this list and it was like, there's too many fucking quarterbacks. So I started digging deep, going back, looking at high school recruiting rankings, looking at YouTube highlights. I had a lot of free time in the rain today, basically, is what that (laughs) boiled down to. And next on my list, maybe a surprise, maybe a name a lot of people don't remember, but how about Bubba Bolden, a safety mm. uh, who was held out at USC because of a there was a school rules violation off the field. So uh got held out, got reinstated at USC, but transferred to Miami. He, I think, is someone who can be very, very impressive. At the safety position for the U, he's six foot three, two hundred pounds. He would have been a starter for USC this past year, but because of all the the off field discipline, he actually didn't play. So he would have walked in as a starter at Miami this year. He has three years of eligibility left at Miami, so not someone that we're going to talk about for the twenty twenty draft, but twenty twenty one. I think he's someone that can be. Uh, pretty interesting, again, like 6'3", 200 pounds. I don't know that he's like the fastest guy in the world. Like I said, I watched some YouTube clips of him today and and broke down some notes, but I think he has length. He does have some range, and he looked like he was pretty physical, so I I think he's going to be willing to come into the box and make plays, and, you know, for Miami, they got a long history of safety play, and when you have Manny Diaz, who I I think is one of the best defensive coordinators in football, and you have Ephraim Banda, who's uh, the safety's coach, one of the better safety coaches in college football, like they can put something together with this kid to where he can be a, a big impact player. Yeah, and you talk about fit with you know the guys down there at the U. They, he was one of the teammates of Tate Martell. So getting both of those guys this offseason, it's a, it's a huge get for Manny Diaz and that whole defense down there trying to kind of get back to the whole culture. I think Mark Rick was very close. Like the turnover chain, they were close. And then something went wrong this year and they just couldn't get it. So Manny Diaz trying to get things back on track down there is going to be great. Uh, Another big name here for me. I'm going next is Jawan Johnson actually entered his name into the transfer portal. He is a receiver prospect that we were thinking maybe even declares this year could be a big name. Uh, He's a huge receiver, big target right now. He is rumored to go to Oregon and I like this pairing. And He's going to be my pick because you put him with Justin Herbert, a big tall receiver, big catch radius. I think that could be a a dangerous matchup for the whole pac 12 and getting Herbert out there with him, get them working together, get this guy into camp as soon as you can. I really think that he could be a very good target and maybe even like a, a day two, maybe round three kind of prospect for next year in the draft. Yeah, I like it. And I'm going to go with my last one here. I've already mentioned his name once on the show today. I got to go with KJ Osborne transferring, like I said, from Buffalo down to the U, which is he, like, he's a Michigan kid. So a little bit surprising, but, uh, had 53 catches for Buffalo this past year, seven touchdowns in 2017, he had 35 catches and four touchdowns. And he was like the number three target of Buffalo behind guys like Anthony Johnson, who's going to be a uh, very highly sought after draft prospect this year that we're going to see a mobile next week. So I like KJ Osborne, uh, with his speed, he's six foot tall, 205 pounds, So not the biggest guy, but I think very, very fast, uh, has very good agility, good route runner. And I've already seen Tate Martell and KJ talking on Twitter. Like, they're ready, man. Like, they are going to partner up, and they believe big things are going to happen. So two from the U for me, which uh, our our buddy Dan, where he's still around, would be all over this because uh, I think they got something special cooking there. Yeah, definitely. And then you had my guy Tate Martell on there, too. They're dominating that recruiting of the whole transfer portal. I think they're just in there. Uh, maybe as much as I am too, and some sneaky good talent coming out of Buffalo. Yeah, uh, right. Like yeah. how does that happen? But yeah, I mean I Tyree agree. Johnson, AJ, or Tyree Jackson, Anthony Johnson. Like there's exactly, just some, some draft prospects coming out of there. Yeah, I'm up very last pick, number ten. So we're we're getting pretty deep here into the old transfer portal, and I love it. Uh, I could go Shane Bouchelle here, but I really I feel like we've already talked about him. Uh, Brandon Wimbush could go there I already talked about him too. So I want to give another name uh, is a grad transfer guy, Riley Neal. He comes out of ball state. Uh, he's a big quarterback who has thrown the ball very well at ball state, but yeah, it's ball state. So uh, he's going to be a fifth year senior. He's transferring to Vanderbilt uh, and I want to see that fit. I want to see what he can do against some pretty decent sec defenses and maybe a system uh, that's, a little bit different than the Mac and what he used to, but he's a guy that can really throw the football uh, pretty well to all levels of the field. I'm I'm not talking him up. This isn't a guy that I don't think is going to go round one or two next year, but I think <laughs> right. he could come in and really help this Vandy football program kind of get on track to what they want to do and contend. I mean, we saw Kentucky this year kind of came out of nowhere. I think if Vanderbilt can get a good quarterback, and hopefully it's Riley Neal, then maybe they're able to get some things going in the SEC. Yeah, and I, I actually out here, uh Kyle Shermer, Vandy's former quarterback, is out here working at the PA game. Right. So I've got a chance to to see him and he he looks impressive. But Riley Neal's an interesting story because he's just not been healthy. Like uh right. the the fact that like his junior uh true junior year hurt redshirt junior year this past year, hurt. So it's like, I mean, he started and just has not been able to stay healthy. So and I think even back in his sophomore year, he got hurt. So I, I think that's the biggest question for him right now, but Um, Yeah, there's definitely upside there, and Vanderbilt has now a a fairly good track record of developing these quarterbacks and getting guys who are ready to, if not be draft prospects, they're still very good college passers. All right, it's time to get into some scouting, Mello. Really, the meat and potatoes to stick to football this time of year. We're going to do some player spotlights, but uh, you also have some insider buzz. I'm so proud of you for this, but also... I'm out here, like I said, in L.A. This week, also, over in Florida, all the way across the country, the Shrine Game is going on. And unfortunately, uh, there's only one of me, so I can't be everywhere. But something I've done this week is really rely on a lot of contacts in the scouting industry uh, to to be my eyes and ears. What are you guys hearing? What are you seeing? Who has stood out? So we wanted to take a minute to just, like, I sound like the Fresh Prince. Just want to take a minute, just sit right there um, to talk about what we've heard from the Shrine Game practices and some names that if you follow college football, if you follow recruiting, you're going to remember some of these names. And I think one of the biggest ones is Miami corner, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. not that Michael Jackson, a different one has had a very good week of shrinking practices. I was a little bit surprised that he was not a senior bowl invite. Our guy nag, Jim, daggy. Jim Nagy, my goodness, is down there just uh, owning the senior bowl uh, as the director, getting the best players in. But Michael Jackson from Miami, uh, I think he has the agility. There's probably gonna be some questions about I think deep speed is the biggest question there. But uh, he's had a very good week of practice and in a corner class that, you know, we've talked often about there's round one corners and then there's a pretty significant drop off to like that fifth sixth corner spot so a solid week like this could really help a guy like Michael Jackson move up boards uh, then one more name uh, from way back that people will remember Dalen Mack from Texas Am right a yeah. guy who like like kind of came out of high school and everybody was like oh this dude's a baller like he's a stud had a quiet career uh, at am but really came on strong this past season and everything that I've heard is that he's had a fantastic week down there at the Shrine Bowl practices. Yeah, he's a guy that I really liked. He almost went to Texas. Uh, the odd thing here is that him him and Kyler Murray were a pairing, and they had decided they were going to go to the same school, uh, and then Kyler Murray kind of transferred and went someone else. Uh, so that's all right. Uh, I, I liked him too. I think he's a big guy that can really be – I like got a, a gap filler who can come in and just disrupt things in the middle. He's not going to light it up in the stat box. He's he's not going to get sacks. I don't think, but I think he's going to disrupt offensive linemen. He's going to change the line of scrimmage in games. He's, he's a bull. The guy is incredibly strong, so he's going to be able to stack some linemen and shed. So I, I really like him. I'm glad. And I'm, to hear that he's he's doing well. As weird as that sounds, like he's a Texas A&M guy, but I really thought he was going to go to Texas, so I really was into his recruitment. And then when he went to A&M, I'm, I'm kind of glad to see him. He kind of reminds me of Puna Ford, actually. I won't say that he's as good as Puna, because Puna's my boy, and he's dominating the NFL. Uh, but Dalen Mack has has been very good at Texas A&M. Maybe got a little lazy at times, but having a, one hell of a week down at the Shrine Bowl. No, I I think you're absolutely right that he is someone who the the Puna Ford comparison is the perfect one. Like you need to take that and run with it because he is kind of a shorter guy who has exceptional power. Like you're not stacking this guy up. He measured in at six foot one, three hundred thirty five pounds with ten and a quarter inch hands like that. A lot of times we get caught up on arms arm length. But for a defensive tackle, like if you have big, strong hands and you can control the guys in front of you, that is very, very impressive to me. So I, I like Dalen Mack a lot uh, as an interior prospect, not not a round one, not a day two, yep. but maybe you sneak him in on day three. It's still amazing that Puna Ford went undrafted. And like you said, it's absolutely dominated. In the NFL, so I really like him. Uh, a couple other names I want to throw out there that that we have definitely talked about in the past. Temple defensive lineman Michael Dogba has had a fantastic week. We've spent so much time on this podcast talking about, and we even had Temple's old head coach on the show talking about just how impressive that defense was. But Dogba is 6'3", 286 pounds. Uh, He looks like a three technique who could become a starter, like maybe not year one. This is a guy that's probably a top 100 pick, but I think could be a starter in the NFL. And then how about old Boise State quarterback, Brett Rippin? We've talked about him like more in the last week on this show than we had all season. But I think there were some naysayers out there and he was not a a name that people were excited. Like, ah, Brett Rippin got like his uncle got him into the Shrine game, basically like big deal. He's probably been the best quarterback there. Really? Like, overshadowing guys like Easton stick who has had a bad week or, uh, Marcus McMarion, the Fresno state quarterback, who some people were excited to see, uh, David Blau, uh, Jordan Tiamu. Like he, I really think that Brett Ripon has been the best of the quarterbacks out there. Yeah. And I think Connor summed it up very well on the midweek show. He's he's not gonna be a top guy, but he's gonna be one of those guys, a la Colt McCoy, who comes in and is just a great career backup for maybe a long time, gives you some spot starts every once in a while. And you know, honestly, that's not a bad gig gig to have. If you can get it, get it and keep it because it's it's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, the Chase Daniel story is a pretty good one. The man has made a ton of money and has had like one start in the NFL in the last seven years. So there was a, a lot of talent at the shrine game. I'm going to have a recap of that uh, Saturday. I'll have an article that comes out with kind of some shrine game and some NFL PA names uh, to be familiar with some sleepers for the draft process, you know, and, and we, I mean, we could do this all day. Like uh Saquon Hampton at Rutgers, this guy I really like Jordan Brailford, at Oklahoma state, like the, a lot of players who I think improve their stock while down there in St. Pete. But I would be, I would be remiss if we didn't jump on some of the mellow that you said. I think it was two weeks ago on this show on the Friday morning show. You said Drew Locke is going to leave this senior bowl a first round pick and it's only heated up from there. I mean, I re- I really believe this. I think it's going to happen. And I, now I think it's starting to catch on uh, with everybody else. Maybe I'm just a trendsetter and everybody's listening to me talk on stick to football. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, let's put Drew Locke in the first round. Or maybe uh, people are just kind of seeing the talent, the arm talent there is great. So I think Drew Locke is a lock to be a top 15 pick. I'm even going to go one, one step further than first round. I think he's going to be a top 15 pick. Uh, could even maybe go as high as number 10 and let's talk about the teams that hold those two picks because it's very specific. Number 15 overall, the Washington Redskins need a quarterback, and I think they're going to be jumping for one. They're going to try to get up the board and go get one, and the number 10 pick overall goes to the Denver Broncos, who also desperately got to find a quarterback. Those two teams, and that's we, they're exactly. going to have to move. Both of them are going to have to move to get their quarterback of the future. It's going to be a bidding war to see who can get up there the highest. And you said that two weeks ago, you said, I could see John Elway falling in love with Drew Locke. He's going to see himself. And we've heard this with John Elway before that he really does kind of, you know, go to the traits that are similar to those that he had as a player with the strong arm, the athleticism. So, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield was his guy. Now, Drew Locke being his guy would not surprise me. I'm all bored with this. And I, you know, I tweeted my, my hot take was that drew lock goes round one. I love that. You're one up in me here with the insider bus. The, the, the man's going top 15 and I honestly, honestly believe that it's going to happen. Let's get to our player spotlight of the week. We each pick one player. We run their, their game down. Talk a little bit about good fits for them, where we expect them to be drafted. And I'm going to give you the floor because this is a player that you have been on all season long. And have not forgotten about his game. And that's Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver at Arizona State. Yeah, I do. I think I'm his biggest supporter. Like, I, I need to follow up with this guy, get talking to him because I am. Leading the charge here for Nikhil Harry. I I really like his game. I like what he can bring to uh, the football field. He reminds me so much of the former Clemson receiver, Mike Williams. I think their game is very similar. If you watch both of them play and you've scouted both of them, I think that'll stick out to you. Uh, This guy can catch anything around him. If you can just get the ball remotely close to Nikhil Harry, he will go get it. He can go down and get it. He can go up and get it. We've seen him make some acrobatic moves with his body to make one-handed grabs against good cornerback play in the Pac-12. He can catch anything. He has a huge catch radius. I cannot stress it enough. Uh, People will hate on him because his lack of separation. I don't know if this is a guy that can't separate, that can't run, he seems to be pretty fast to me. He is a punt returner. He's had exceptional returns. It looks to me like he's a guy who's a long strider. So when you watch his tape, you say, oh man, he's not moving very fast, but guys aren't catching him either. So I don't know if he is slow. This is, I'm so intrigued to see what he's going to run in the 40 because I actually don't think he's slow. I think he needs a lot of help with his route running. And that is the reason we're not seeing him separate off of guys i think his footwork could improve quite a bit and he just he had a limited route tree at arizona state they had some poor quarterback play there they run a lot of screen passes and then he ran a slant we haven't seen him do a whole lot of things uh, with his route or with his feet so i think he's a guy that is hopefully uh somewhere right now like at exos working his ass off showing that he can be an elite route runner because i love his game if you get the ball anywhere close to him he's gonna find it he's gonna get it uh, he shows up in big games. He makes big time plays. He's he's a great player. I I love him. He's my wide receiver one. Even after doing some more work on him and scouting him, I really think that he's gonna be a special player. Yeah, I, I agree. You look at this, the measurable six four, two thirteen. Do you think uh he is faster than my guy, Mike Thomas, coming out of Ohio State? He ran a four five seven at six three two twelve. You think Harry beats that? I, I think he's gonna be right in that range. I don't know if he will, but I think he's a four five guy. I think he gets below four, um, six. Yeah. I mean, if he gets into four, four, yeah, I think you could probably pencil him in for a top 15 pick. Yeah. I love him as well. Uh, it, and, and I, I'm so like weirdly on the fence right now with my tiers of wide receivers and tight ends. Like I can't separate them. Like I get stuck of, Oh man, I like AJ Brown, but oh, I like Nikhil Harrier. I like Marquise Brown. Like I'm, it, I, I'm really looking forward to the senior bowl in the combine to help tie break some of these players. Uh, I'll go right into tight ends. My player spotlight of the week is Irv Smith Jr. coming out of Alabama, six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds. We've talked a lot about Noah Fan. Noah's a great athlete. Noah Fan is the best athlete at tight end in this class. He's probably more athletic than a lot of the receivers we're going to talk about over the next three months. TJ Hawkinson from Iowa Mackey award winner, great blocker, uh, very, very good receiver, uh, especially on routes over the middle and and some option things underneath very talented. I think Irv Smith is the most versatile of all the, all the tight ends, excuse me, in this year's draft class. I mean, just the, the way that he can line up in multiple formations and find a mismatch to find an impact. And he really broke out this year, 44 catches, 700 yards, seven touchdowns. At Alabama, that's a big deal because they didn't have to throw the ball very often, especially late in games. A lot of times, guys like this weren't playing in the fourth quarter. So I I look at Irv Smith and I see someone that can be a move tight end. He could beat you at angles. He can get up the seam and be an asset. He's not the tallest guy necessarily, you know, six foot four. He's not Gronk. He's not Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, but his athleticism and his ability to move around makes him like very intriguing to me as a plug and play starter at the tight end position. And, you know, if I'm a team like the Indianapolis Colts and like you, you're maybe not going to draft a receiver at, at pick 25 ish. Like, look what they did with Eric Ebron. Imagine, oh my God, imagine what Frank Wright could do with Irv Smith. Yeah, and he, he to me, looks smaller than 6'4". I'll be interested to see uh, his measurables, because just watching him play, even in the playoff, uh, maybe he just runs low. I don't know. He looked more like a 6'1", 6'2", kind of guy. I'm sure that's wrong. Usually you don't give a guy 2 to 3 inches in height. But you're right. For him to catch 44 passes this season, that a Blitnikoff Award winner. They have one of the deepest <laughs> right. wide receiver units in the entire country. So for him to come in and be able to catch 44 passes and and seven touchdowns like that is a very impressive thing to do at Alabama. Yeah, it really is. And obviously, uh, you know, his dad played in the NFL for a long time, played for the Saints forever. Uh, Irv Smith Sr., great player. Uh, so there's the bloodlines there. And that's something that we will talk a lot about in this draft. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Nick Bosa probably being the most famous one and the best one uh, who have that. They have that legacy uh, to their game. And that's something that scouts really will jump in on when it comes time to making this pick. Yeah. There's just something to say about a guy who already knows uh, who has that background support of people that can help him be a professional and Irv Smith definitely has it. It's draft on draft time. And for probably the last time in a long time, Mello, I'm not cracking a beer for draft on draft because I'm sitting in a hotel room. Uh, I was scrambling around trying to find some food and I I had a beer upstairs, but, I didn't bring it down and it wasn't in a can anyway. So uh, I had, but they do have Allagash white at my hotel. And I don't know if you've ever been on the road with me and had that or not, but one of my probably top 10 favorite beers of all time. So uh, as soon as we're done, I'm going to get another one because you like, you can't find those in Missouri. So I'm, I'm very excited about the beer selection at the hotel. So like, let's do a scale of one to 10. Don't give me a letter grade. Like you did Connor Uh, (laughs) scale of one to 10 here. One, it tastes like water. 10 it tastes like a foot uh where would you go on that scale of one to ten for your whatever beer you just said I I I would say it's like a solid five like it's okay it's right there uh, in the it's middle. a little yeah it's a little heavier than like uh it's like crisper and lighter than a blue moon or a boulevard wheat but I, it still has that like white you know white blend of like you got some like citrusy notes in there and I usually like to stay around like the the 2.5 threshold. That's usually my limit. (laughs) Anything after that, I'm like, no, I, I can't drink this. So I'm giving away tickets to the NFL PA Bowl, which I buried the lead. If anyone wants free tickets to the game on Saturday, just DM me. I have a hookup here as part of my role uh, I'll give you free tickets. And someone was like, I will bring a case of Natty Light. Let's tailgate. I was like, well, I'm working. <laughs> I can't or I would. So I thought you were going to ask, like, how does it compare to Natty Light? But uh, you but can't it compare doesn't. those two. That's how it compares. You just can't compare them. All right. First question from our girl, Melina Brown. Stick to football. uh, First lady. First lady. First lady. Premature question, but when do you expect the Patriots to start looking for Tom Brady's replacement? Molina, he's 41 years old. This question is not premature unless he's going to play. he might, he honestly, I don't know how long Tom Brady's going to play because every year I just keep saying like, I'm not going to count him out. Like I, I, there's nothing that this man can't do. He'll turn 42 next August and he still looks like he still looks amazing. So why get out now? Um, Yep, I guess maybe if they win a Super Bowl this year, he would walk away. But, you know, I think that that every time is a good time to look. I I do feel like last year, if one of the better quarterback prospects had fallen to where they were at uh, with those two late first round picks, they would have made that consideration. Um, and, And I think it will be the same this year, whether they're picking it you know, 29, 30, 31, or 32. If someone falls, I think they'll make that that decision of, you know, say Daniel Jones from Duke is on the board somehow. Like, I feel like they would do that because he fits what they're looking for. But one thing we know about Bill Belichick is he's not going to rush anything. Like, he will find a guy, and obviously the lack of urgency to replace Jimmy Garoppolo and find a true quarterback of the future should tell us a lot because yeah. like Belichick isn't going to mess this up. Yeah, what was it last year? We all started talking about, like, oh, is the the Patriot fall finally going to happen? And no, it's not. They're still playing in the AFC championship game. Tom Brady is one of the most amazing athletes I've ever seen. For him to be able to perform at the level that he is at, at 41 years old, is absolutely ridiculous. You talk about the best quarterbacks in the league still, and he's up there. He's still a top five quarterback in the league, and I'm just talking about this year. I know he has more Super Bowl right. Bowls than anyone. But this year alone, he is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's 41 years old. I don't know when they're going to be looking for a replacement. I think it, it would take one of those like dream situations. A uh, mid-round guy maybe starts to fall, or they think they can get somebody they love in the second or third round. I think they did that with Garoppolo, and then they realized Tom Brady is a freak, and he might not ever retire. He could play, <laughs> I think, 45. I think that's the number for him. If he if I, he's forty five, he might so. quit. Yeah, no, it's, he, he could like, go on. I, I know people hate Brady because they they've won so many games, and and Connor would be the first one to jump in here and be like, "Hey guys, shut the fuck up! He needs to retire." But how amazing is it that a guy just gets to keep doing what he loves at a very high level, like for this long? It's I've never seen anything like it. I, I mean, I don't even know if like Kobe in the NBA is anything close to this, right? Because we know, saw he, fall off there. Where it was right. like, okay, Derek this Jeter, isn't Kobe like, anymore. Michael right. Jordan. Like. You know, when Jordan came back for the Wizards, it was like, nope, I don't want to remember this. Like, yeah. I'm, and just put I'm, it out of your head. And bl- I'm going to do the men in black thing, and this didn't happen. Yeah, you even talk about the other goat. Jerry Rice I mean that dude played for the Seahawks for a little bit and I think he failed to make another roster maybe like Denver or something Broncos yeah yeah. there was some fall off there and we just have not seen it with Tom Brady and I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that sticks around for forever and just wants to be on the roster I think he really loves playing football and he's still very good at it so keep doing your thing Tom Brady yeah absolutely I we'll see this could be the year next year could be the year who knows? Tom Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. No, and I trust those guys. Dakota Cox has got a question for us. Out of all the players on both rosters for the national championship game, who will have the best NFL career when it's all said and done? Melo, I mean, go ahead. You no, know my answer. I absolutely I, love Trevor Lawrence. I, I know that I'm kind of new into this. I really haven't been doing it as long as you, uh, but I feel like when you saw Andrew Luck play, uh, you were probably like, this is the perfect quarterback. It, it yeah, probably it doesn't yeah. get any better than this. And he, he's been a very great prospect. He's a very good pro. He's up there for even the uh, MVP of the NFL right now. And Trevor Lawrence is my guy. Like, I've, out of every quarterback that I've really sat down and like been, okay, this is my job. I'm going to watch him play and evaluate how he's doing. He's the best I've ever seen. After one year of being a freshman quarterback, I, I think that he's perfect. I don't, what is his flaw? Uh, his hair's too pretty. Like, I don't know what's wrong with this guy's game. Too good looking? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just too tall. I, I run too fast. What do you want me to do about it? Trevor Lawrence. He's, hey, guys, football Jesus. Football Jesus. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, you're right, though. I, when I watched Andrew Luck uh, as a, a red shirt freshman at uh, Stanford, it was like, yeah, this is it. Like this, this, this is what it looks like. Uh, and it's like, I remember saying to people then, I bet this is what you felt like watching John Elway. And they were like, yep, yep. it actually is. So uh, I, Trevor Lawrence is is unreal. He would actually be my pick too. Like I, I think Quinn and Williams is going to have a great career. I think Jonah Williams is going to have a very good career. Irv Smith's going to be good. Jerry Jude is going to be good. Yeah. We, I love Josh Jacobs, but it's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. We need to revisit like every prospect from this game, because so many of these guys are not even going to be draft eligible. I know that there's, when the draft happens, people are going to be talking about, Oh, look at how many players got drafted off the national championship team. And that will just be from this year. I think if we re- revisit this in like five years, and we really look at these two rosters and we see who was on the field, it is going to be absolutely ridiculous because I'm sure Alabama has some freshmen that are like four deep on the depth chart who are going to be first round picks. We're not talking about them yet because they're buried underneath probably four other first round guys. It's unfair. It's it's just absolutely unfair. That would be fun. We should do that. Like go back and look at like three years ago. So I get like, we should go back and look at that Clemson, Alabama game. Like obviously it's Deshaun Watson and you, you've got like Tim Williams and Jonathan Allen out there. Uh it, very, very good. Marlon Humphrey, so much talent in the NFL coming out of that one game. Hunter Oscarson, bigger defensive weapon, Grant Delpit or Derwin James? Trick question. I think they're the same person. Gosh, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, one of them's doing it in the NFL, so I, I think that makes First it. First team all pro. Right. As well. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the, please don't hate me on Twitter again. I compared him to Troy Polamalu. I know. He's a hall of famer, but the guy is an all pro as a, as a rookie. Like you just don't see that, especially at the safety position. I feel like that's a pretty hard position to play in today's NFL. So for him to be able to come in and do it at at the level he's doing, I think I got to go with Derwin James. Grant Delpit brings a little bit more length, uh, maybe more of a cover guy. Uh, Derwin James is just a do it all guy. I don't think you can label him. And I know you guys talked about that too. Like what position does he play? Doesn't matter. He can play anywhere on the defense. It literally watched him stop Lamar Jackson and the entire Ravens offense while playing linebacker. So I'm going to go with Derwin James. Yeah, I I love it. Uh, I'm, I I like Derwin, like you said, his length. And I I feel like he's a little twitchier. And, and maybe it's just the way Delput was used. I don't think that he has... Uh, he's a great athlete. I don't know that he has the raw burst that Derwin has. Like, that dude is like he would be a fantastic shortstop like with his length and instincts and how quickly he gets off his spot is, is very impressive. I like Delpit. I, I think like, I hate school to school comparisons. I think he's more Jamal Adams. Great player, right. like no right. disrespect, but I, I think he's closer to that. Yeah. Let, let, the let, let me get back to my Troy Palomalo thing. Cause you talk about him being twitchy. That's why I compared him to Troy Palomaro Duran James. They're both so quick to the ball. And with Palomalo, I think it was a a ton of athleticism, but also just the instincts of knowing where to go. And I think that Derwin James is just a little different version of that. He is such a twitchy player and uses elite level instincts to find the football. So that's why I made that comparison. Yeah, it's like two weeks later. You got to be like, uh, because people went at me on Twitter. uh, Here's the rebuttal. Uh, The second question from our guy, Hunter, and I had to think about this one when I saw it. Is there any chance Ohio State produces the number one and number two picks this year? And when I first read this, it was like, who are you who would they be? Like who would (laughs) the oh yeah, Dwayne Haskins. So it's possible with a trade, obviously. The San Francisco 49ers are not gonna draft Dwayne Haskins. They could They could trade it, whether it's the New York Giants or the Denver Broncos, the Washington Redskins, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Someone could absolutely try to come up to that spot. It's something we've talked a lot about on the show that the Niners at two and the Jets at three are sellers in this draft. They want to move out of those spots. So I also think that you could look at like a sleeper team that could maybe draft a quarterback early is the Oakland Raiders. And I don't know how Mike Mayock and John Gruden view Derek Carr but they might be willing to move up from four to two. It's not, it's not going to cost much to make that well, move. Especially you when you have two it. other first-round picks. Exactly. And, and a lot of folks might say, like, why would they jump two teams that don't need a quarterback? We've seen this before when the Chicago Bears traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. You do that to ensure that no one else trades to that spot. Exactly. So you would trade up. The Niners are not going to want as much to move from two to four. That allows them to slide back and maybe get quinn and Williams or Josh Allen. And an extra third-round pick, an extra fourth-round pick next year. You, you get more of a package for that spot. So I, I think like the Raiders to me are the the team to watch right now as far as who could surprise us and draft a quarterback in the first round. Well, yeah, and you talk about the Niners and the Jets; those are two teams that have proven in recent history their GMs like to move back. They will move picks they don't care even if they're going from pick 3 to 4 or whatever it is both those gms like to acquire some draft picks and i think that somebody will want to get in front of these other teams we we already talked about the the redskins and the broncos but you also have to think about maybe the jaguars maybe the giants what are they going to do are they going to move up uh so i think there's going to be a bidding war before too long i think the cardinals stay put number 1 overall but i Definitely agree with you. That number two pick could make it in Ohio State. Ohio State one and two. Yeah, it will be crazy. Like we talk a lot about Alabama. We talk about Clemson. Ohio State's got some talent in this year's draft class as well. Uh, all right, buddy, that's our show. Uh, thanks for like holding down the fort in the Joplin office. I feel like I, I'm starting to get a little homesick. So uh, it's it's good to talk to you and get caught up. Great to always have time to talk to our amazing listeners, the Stickies. Me, you, and Connor will be back. Monday morning with a senior bowl preview. That show will be senior bowl heavy. Uh, If any news breaks over the weekend that we need to get in on, obviously we'll do that, but expect a big preview Monday morning. And then next week, good news guys. You get a show. I think every morning next week It's going to be absolutely ridiculous, right? (laughs) There's a show Monday morning, senior bowl preview, Tuesday morning, live from the senior bowl, Wednesday morning, a senior bowl recap with Dana Holgerson. Maybe. And then <laughs> gee, maybe hopefully Thursday morning, you'll get live from Wednesday night, Friday morning, you'll get the Friday show. So we're going to get you through the week next week. I don't know. Like, I don't know what y'all got going on, but January 21st, that week's going to be good for the stickies. Uh, make sure you send in those draft on draft questions or just come to draft picks, tap room on dolphin street. Give us your draft on draft questions in person. Get your beautiful voice on this podcast It's draft season. I'm excited. I know Mello and Connor are excited. So we'll see you all out on the road, hopefully. And if not, we will talk to you real soon.